Hey folks, it's Adam Summer for the Heartland Pod. This week on the podcast, July 11, 2022, it is our two-year podcast anniversary for the Heartland Pod. How about that? Can you believe it? So this week we have an extra special show for you. It'll start with my opening statement, as it often does, and then we're going to jump into talking politics with Sean Diller and Rachel Parker. We're going to cover some climate change. We're going to talk about the insane week in Missouri politics. And then we're going to jump into the midterms 2022 Senate races that matter. We're going to have a great time doing it. We hope you stick around for all of it. We're glad you're here. Lots to do. So let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer. I am your host. Thank you for joining us. This is July 11, 2022, and it is our two-year anniversary. Thank you for joining us for this show. Uh, We're very happy that you're here. If you're new, thank you for stopping by. Thanks for checking us out. I hope you like what you find, and I hope you come back for more. Uh, If uh, folks who have been around, you know most of this, but if you're new, let me give you the, the details uh, my name is Adam Summer, and I am a lawyer in West Central Missouri. I've been a lawyer for about a decade. Uh, I have a, a family out here, and uh, my wife's in education, uh, three wonderful children. Uh, I have several folks that host shows uh, throughout the week on this channel that work with me doing this. And then uh, the two folks who you'll hear from later on with me, Rachel Parker and Sean Diller, we do this every single Monday. We do a talking politics show where we dive into some issues that we think are important. Uh, You can find all of our information uh, on all the social media platforms, Twitter at The Heartland Pod. We're on Facebook and Instagram with The Heartland Pod as well. Uh, And if you listen to this for the first time, just uh, scroll on down there and slap a like on there. Just give us a five-star rating. Uh, Leave us a review if you want to. We'd love to hear from folks. Uh, You can also send us messages if you go to heartlandpod.com. There is... Uh, scroll down for a contact button there that'll send us an email or just email us directly with heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. You can also, uh, on the website, go to our Patreon page and support us. You can help us do what we're doing. Uh, We have a core group of supporters over there that help us make this show possible. Uh, We all have jobs. This isn't what we do for a living uh, at all. Uh, We all do this in our spare time after we've done our actual work. And uh, this is important to us. We we hope it's important to you. And if it is, you can go over there and support us monetarily. Uh, We have a $5, $10, and and $20 level over there. And in honor of the two-year anniversary, we have just opened up a new level. Uh, So if you you go in the $5, $10, or above level, level, you get access to some extra stuff. We're going to have a show called The Last Call that starts at the end of this one. If you're a subscriber, you get the whole thing at our Patreon page. If not, you get a little snippet at the beginning, and that's it. Uh, you can now subscribe at a $2 level in honor of two years of doing the show. Uh, you do get some extra stuff by doing that. You get access to our blog, and you'll get messages about upcoming events. Now that we're able to do some live events, we'll communicate them on there with our subscribers before anybody else gets it. Uh, so 2 bucks a month, 24 bucks a year, uh, right? It's It's a... It's a movie ticket and and you know a bucket of popcorn and a soda, right? That right there. So if you listen to this a lot, if you find it entertaining, if you find it useful, you know, 
we would love that support because if we can have a nice base of folks supporting us, even at two bucks a month over on Patreon, it's a huge deal. It's a huge, huge, huge deal. So heartlandpod.com, click the Patreon link. All right, before we get to talking politics with Rachel and Sean, I have an opening statement for you. And uh, right after that, we'll have the rest of the show. So stick around. We're going to have a good time. Last week, I listened to the show WTF with Mark Marin. It's a podcast. He was interviewing Missouri's own Jason Kander. Kander's new book is out and available widely on Amazon. And he's doing a press tour. And uh, Marin is, you know, he's on the big list of interviews. And they talked tangentially uh, about the new book. But a lot of the conversation centered around this compulsion to do more, to do better, to work harder, to do something that matters as a response to trauma. It included a small part that really, really piqued my interest about how things have become so corrupt in politics that it no longer attracts decent civic-minded folks, allowing the corruption to deepen. And ultimately, that corruption you know, metastasizes and completely just takes over. And if a decent person even tries to break through the system's shell, they so quickly become discouraged that the true rot is never exposed. Decent behavior becomes replaced. It's replaced by extremism, hyperbolic rhetoric, theatrics designed for the advertisement over public service. It's obvious enough just by watching the Missouri State Senate this past session or this Missouri Senate primary for 2022. There are multiple ads with guns, and that's not just on the Republican side. There's one with a flamethrower, one that's just plain old-fashioned bigoted, and we still have a few weeks to go. We have been engaged in a steep and unbelievably fast descent from decent behavior. Is it any wonder that the odds-on favorite for the next junior senator from the state of Missouri is a disgraced former governor known for being a crook and an abuser whose biggest campaign move was to cut an ad where he threatens to hunt and kill members of his own party? It's tempting to throw up our hands and just say it's all too far gone. What can I do? I'm just one person. Or that no one else understands the issues like I do. But the truth is, none of that's true. None of it. The first part may be closer right now than it has been in a long time, that it's too far gone, but it's still not too far gone. The reality is, if you're listening to this right now, if you listen to this show regularly, you're already engaged with a large and growing group of folks who are probably thinking things just like you were thinking. It was pointed out to me on Twitter that the most reliable basis for a group is like-mindedness. Now, I'm not saying everybody who listens to this show agrees with everything we say. In fact, I know that that's not true. And that's okay, because that's not the thing we have to agree on. The thing that makes us a group, the reason why we all come together once a week or maybe more if you listen to more of our shows, the reason that continues to happen isn't because you agree with the things that we always say. It's because the core that we all agree with is that we can do better as a state, as a country, as a people. On July 2nd, the rally that my family attended in our town was filled with people from all walks, all colors, all identities, styles, preferences, all across socioeconomic spectrum. But we had a like-minded resolve for what's important, what needs to happen, and the importance of making sure that we do not have a dissent from decent in Missouri and beyond. The way we can do that is to continue to stand up together and realize that the goal of those wielding the true power is to keep us fighting, not with them, but with each other, with our neighbors. 
The chaos created by overturning Roe v. Wade distracts our attention because now we have to reestablish basic health care rights for all. Meanwhile, the oligarchs continue to reap record oil profits while all of us, Democrats, Republicans, any label you want to put on yourself, it doesn't matter. Your party label means nothing when you fill up your gas tank. I don't care. I don't care what your politics are. And you can be able to rationalize it. And we talk about this later in the show. You can rationalize why it's happening and still know it. But you're still going to notice the difference in the price. It's still going to register. And the only person that seems to get any blame for this is the president. As we sit here now, July 11th, when this show comes out, gas prices have been declining across the country. We're not hearing about credit to the president for that. It's not a bug, right? This is a feature of the world where autocratic billionaires want us to continue to fight with each other. They want to increase their power until finally we all give up. It's public education. It's voting rights. It's civil rights. It's a three-legged stool of democracy and open society. No matter what party you like to identify with, now is a time to cast aside labels and look for like-minded candidates who can do the real work. We can stop the dissent from decent behavior. We can return the power of the government to the consent of the governed. I will continue to stand up for that, and you can stand next to me. Talking politics. All right, we are here. For talking politics. Uh, it's me. It's Adam Summer. I've got Rachel Parker. I've got Sean Diller. We're back to do this for reals together. Uh, we haven't done this for a couple of weeks. We've had the July 4th holiday. Rachel was here. Sean was in Arizona. Everybody was, uh, well, I guess we weren't scattered to the winds. I was going to say scattered to the winds, but Rachel was here, so that's wrong. Uh, but we weren't on the microphone, and that's what is right. So, uh, Rachel Parker, welcome back to the virtual version of my house, and uh, it's good to see you. How you doing? I'm good. I liked IRL way better, um, yeah. especially when you let off uh, dozens upon dozens of fireworks in your backyard after yeah. I've been eating your food all day. That's that's pretty sublime. It was super fun. I was just saying before we recorded that I had a little bit of like a fun hangover. I had a rough week. I'm going to go into it with the, with the peeps. Uh, Sean and Adam are familiar with some of the other crazy shit I have going on in my life that I kind of filled them in on. It's fine. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's good. It's just stressful shit. And it was, I had to go right back into that. Like there was mm-hmm. no time off. I had to go from awesome Adam's house, awesome Adam's wife, Amanda, who's a badass and I love her to death. Uh, she doesn't know this, but she's already like one of my really good friends. It's totally fine. Um, <laughs> the great kids, uh, more great food. And like, we didn't have a podcast to do the next day. So it was like much more chill, even though we went to a protest and then I, uh, it was a super fun weekend. Like I'm, I'm, I'm totally going to be a fixture in Adam and the summer estates, July 4th festivities. But I came home to St. Louis to like some just, uh, that I knew was going to happen. I knew it was going to, ha- I knew it was going to be there waiting for me. Um, and then I just kind of woke up today, like, oh man, that was like Christmas break was so cool. And <laughs> now it's just like the new semester, but I'm okay. I'm all yeah. good. I'm sipping on some water. Life is grand. Elliot's making brownies that I mixed before I came down here. So awesome. things are good. Yeah, it was awesome having you and Elliot. And uh, I know Amanda had a good time. Our kids loved you both. And Elliot just has a magic, 
<laughs> he's got he that kind thing. of has like a magic thing with kids it's like when people say like when not that he doesn't dislike kids i don't want to make it sound like he does, right. he does not dislike he's, he's kind different of, to whether they like him though that's exactly it <laughs> that i want it's so obvious that i want all children to think that i am marvelous and right. elliot's like i don't give a shit and so of course all of them are like cats they're like can i sit on his lap yeah <laughs> can i paw his face um yeah he totally is that it's and it's consistent across like universally all children like children will sit at his feet and they're like all right i've got all my transformers i've got a bunch of lego let's do this and he's like okay that's great because he's because he's got that like that nonchalant thing with kids yeah sean we had we had a good time and elliot and rachel were good sports and played clue with us with uh with ben so it was a good time yeah ben is not good at clue and he was immediately to my left so i had a lot of like Ben related handicaps, but it was all good because Ben is like also this hyper intelligent, um, super yeah. su- like super like emotionally intelligent kid. So I was like, it's totally fine that you suck at Clue. Yeah, so I couldn't this- play Clue effectively till I was like 15, probably. Yeah. So <laughs> that's about right. Sean, how about you, man? How you doing? Uh, you sipping on anything good there? Uh, no, uh, the usual, you know, cold uh, Costco coffee in a tall glass. Um, no ice. <laughs> <laughs> cold brew no just old brew um <laughs> that's how it should be that's how it should be really i think that's what since we don't do we don't like have big sponsorships we should just have some fake snl commercials and one of them could just be yeah. sean coffee <laughs> tastes better right. when it's burnt this segment brought to you by sean's coffee cold brew no just old brew sean's old coffee brew. Yeah. you don't want it <laughs> <laughs> smells burnt tastes pretty burnt um, <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, this is a great Saturday with the kids again. Uh, it's like we have a four-year-old and a six-month-old, so right, you know, they just take constant attention. If you turn your head, they immediately like vomit or break something, um, <laughs> you know. But it's all it's the good stuff, you know. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we are recording on Saturday the ninth, so uh, if you're listening, you know, Monday morning the eleventh, this will come out, which is our two-year anniversary for the podcast to the day. July That's 11th. Bananas. That's bananas. That's yeah. crazy. Very cool. So two years ago, I dropped one episode, uh, and then Sean and I were on uh, the mic together, and and off we've gone. It's just been absolutely nuts. And that does not count the video that still floats out there somewhere I, in the ether. I want to talk about try. that video for a second, because <laughs> Sean is, uh, is wearing a suit that's yeah. a little too big. It's yeah. like a little bit too big. And you just are staring at your webcam in sheer terror. It's the greatest thing ever. It's my favorite thing. I think I, I think you guys said this to me like after like I've been doing this for like a minute. Like yeah. you're like, okay, we like we're stuck with like she's stuck with us, like let's share the video now. And it made me love you more. I was like, look at them. Like <laughs> Adam had on like his man like his lawyer suit and Sean had on like his like I'm a I'm Sean suit and like staring at the camera like just completely shell shocked. It's fantastic. I don't even know what you guys were talking about. Lida resign. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Oh, uh, yeah, Bruce when, and resign when, and those dipshits with the guns. She never, she never right. resigned. The McCloskeys, she just, yeah. She was, she didn't resign. She just wasn't going to run again. No, but that yeah. was our, yeah, that was yeah. our, uh, yeah. that was the theme. Yeah, of it was the like episode. those, yeah. it was those protests in St. Louis. Like that was the premiere yeah. episode. Awesome. And that was, that was when we decided that video was not going to be our thing. So <laughs> audio so much better. Yeah, we had a good time. We had a good time doing it though. So yeah. It's awesome two years. So if you're listening to this on the 11th, we recorded on the 9th. So if something happened on the 10th, yeah, it's not on the show. So you're right. You didn't hear about that. 
So let's uh, let's jump in here. I've got the sounds live for us. Uh, our first one of the evening. Okay, true or false, a very dry and hot June in the Midwest, and really a lot of the country, but very much in the Midwest, could actually help move the needle for climate change with heartland voters. So we're talking about people who are dealing with, you know, farmland and dry roads and just in general being in, if you lived in and around the breadbasket of America, the heartland flyover country uh, this June, then you know. I don't have to tell you how hot it was. And if you don't live there and you're like, I didn't know it got that hot in uh, you know in June. Yeah, it usually doesn't. Uh, but boy, did it this year. Uh, we had 100-degree days. It was absolutely miserable. So we've had some folks glue themselves to art in London. Somebody in Minnesota glued themselves to the floor, but that wasn't for climate change. But like the gluing yourself to things is the thing now. So that happened. Uh, and then Lake Mead Uh, This popped up. There's a Washington Post article that popped up the other day. Uh, Lake Mead has become so dried up that people are treasure hunting in the ruins of Lake Mead. And these guys are like looking for barrels because barrels sometimes have bodies in them and the bodies have like jewelry and shit. So they're like treasure hunting in what was the bottom of Lake Mead. Of all the barrels, how many have bodies? And then the barrels with the bodies, how many have <laughs> anything you want to see? Yeah, I don't know. But you can see I've got the picture up here. There'll be a link in our show notes. The The background of this picture is the bank of Lake Mead and the discoloration change is the old water line. It kind like of reminds me of after the flood of 90, was that 94? 93. The big floods here, oh, yeah, 93. Yeah. And when after the water receded, you can see like the water line near the arch. It, yeah. It's kind of like that, but for all the wrong reasons. Right. Like, it kind of reminds me of that in a sense. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's just it, if you want to see the what is the water crisis in the southwest in a picture, there it is. Right? Lake Mead serves like 24 million people, uh, and it's it's just literally just disappearing right before our eyes. Um, what do you, what do you guys think? Uh, we've got all those things going on. And, uh, you know, true or false, do you think there's anything anything there that could move the needle for folks? I'll say false. I was going to say false, too, but I wouldn't hear Sean's rationale. Okay, yeah, yeah. I get discouraged about the climate, as most people who think about it often do. Um, when people say that they're concerned about gas prices, you know, more than other stuff, you know, I don't see us. There is an argument that that means we should get off fossil fuels. Um, There's also an argument that that means we should try to get Saudi Arabia to pump as much as possible, make sure that we always pump as much as possible and move as much as possible. And so I think the inertia is more on that side, unfortunately. I think, you know, people are, the polls show, changing in their opinions. People who used to think it was not going to ever affect them or they didn't believe in the idea that it was... um, you know, should be a concern of theirs locally, like that number has completely changed. And we've seen that in inland places as there's been super increased flooding in like Nebraska and Missouri and Iowa, um, while other places are in extreme droughts, like even in those same states. Really, when I think about the policy around it, and it's like, since I have kids, like, you know, you know, I'd love for us to stop burning fossil fuels, but I also really, you know, I, I lived in New Orleans after Katrina, like I lived in Missouri during the Great Flood of 93. Uh, you know, I was in New York during Sandy. And it's like, you see these places, you know, just get hammered. Like, I always think of those, the footage of inside the New York City subway, maybe it was yeah. last summer. And it's like, people were scrambling out of there for their lives. It's and like it's a Michael like, Bay movie. Yeah. And it's like, if you've been in those 
stations and down on those platforms and seeing those stairs, it's like you could easily see how someone could drown, you know, yeah. in that situation. And so resilience in terms of like spending money on keeping us alive, finding ways to get us out and, you know, dealing with floodwaters, dealing with fires, you know, you can't, you can't spray water or drop flame retardant on a fire that's being surrounded by hundred mile an hour winds. Like you can't right. fly a helicopter in that, you know? So it's like, we got to figure all that out, you know? Right. And I, I don't know. I don't see us quitting emissions, unfortunately. So Rachel, you also said false. So what is your, your rationale? Well, so here's, here's what I think. I think that there are a lot of people that secretly don't want to be Republicans anymore and have for a long time and have thought for a long time that maybe this whole climate change thing was real and that, you know, they've heard enough from their colleagues, friends, read enough stories, whatever, that they're finally being swayed. Right. Um, but they still won't vote, even though it's illegal now, abortion. And those two things, just the, the, the Bush years were so damaging. That was really when we could have had a lot of um, seismic action. And I still think that the Bush candidacy and his um, election success, such as it was, which is extremely narrow, really was about the climate. It really was about like this egghead named Al Gore, who was just like all like invested in these alternate, you know, carbon capture companies and whatever he was kind of um those early technologies that Al Gore was invested in, which is true. He was, he was definitely an investor and I think it might've hurt, might hurt him and his candidacy, but it really was, that was one of their major issues that they argued about is that Bush was like, the science is out. The science is still out on climate change. And that was right. kind of basically like his most pervasive aside from like the school choice stuff and the obvious lean into the religious, right. That was kind Tax of the other cuts. part of it. Yeah, but like really he was like the he was like the revenge of the Christian right and he kept winking to them all like being when I say climate change I mean like these people don't believe in God. And he did such a good job of kind of turning that into like this the sort of like I don't know kind of like rat king of like <laughs> abortion climate uh and then eventually of course the war on terror. It's it's hard for me to believe that those are those things are ever going to completely decouple even though abortion is now illegal and even though i think a lot of those people are like have children who they listen to who yeah. are like listen we're we live in a climate there's this <laughs> shell around the outside of the planet and that's where the atmosphere ends and all these gases get trapped inside of it and that's how it all works and then they go oh okay well, what should we do about it and the kids who are like our age ish you know uh, if the floor is like 35 and the ceiling is like me um, when we say, well, you have to vote for candidates that's, oh no, forget it. I'm not voting for a Democrat. I mean, that's right. the problem, right? Like that's still the issue I think. Yeah. So that's why my answer is false. So I, I think it's, I'm going to say it's true, not in a way that it's going to tip the election, just that I do think that the, that there's a trickle. I think that's happening here and there. It's kind of, I see some crossover with, you know, when you see the, the videos of the folks in the hospital, on uh, oxygen, explaining why they wish they had gotten the COVID vaccine. It's kind of got that same feel to it, where it became not an issue of examining factual information. It became an issue of political identity. And once it was baked into identity, which is what Rachel just said in a much more sophisticated way, <laughs> but it was baked into the cake I would of identity say that I think that's way, that's way more direct. Like the, the, the Bush people were like, here's the egg and here's the vanilla and here's the sugar. Yeah, we're just going to like... They baked it right into the cake, and it just it just became part of it. And you you, you eat the cake, and there you go. So, uh, but I but what I wonder is about what starts to happen 
when people start to hear the stories of resettlement because climate refugees already exist. Uh, I had a student of mine who did a, a senior thesis or whatever he was doing. I think it was on like an honors college project or something like that. And he wrote about climate crisis refugees. And this has been a few years back that he wrote that. And, he, and there's a ton of it happening. I think Sri Lanka is one of the countries that he wrote uh, heavily about. And so like, it's not, we're not seeing it as much right now in the United States proper, but you know, Sean, you talked about being in New Orleans post Katrina, right? How many times can the entire city of New Orleans go underwater, right? When is the time that it goes underwater and it just stays underwater? Like, are we, you know, do we have that coming you go to there's videos of homes in like florida you know just like going like right. when you build a sandcastle on the on the you know the line the uh the tide line and the and the water comes up and you're just like and boom there it goes like right wild yeah florida's crazy like as the water's rising and they're you know the rock underneath the ground is like limestone and it's yeah. like super like there's lots of you know holes and cavities and like you know you see these condos it can look completely fine until right. suddenly it's just gone. Right. I just read something a long time ago. Yeah. Like back when we were in high school about um, Miami is a city that probably will not be saved. And, right. you know, the reason is like, there's not a huge like there's business no center reason there. To, to save it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it probably will be lost at some point. You know, it's like, um, it's just out there at the National Hurricane Center's in Miami telling us about each one that comes in and, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah, and how far east and north will that have to go? to capture that same level of data. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I was going to say is that it's unfortunate that Florida has taken the turn that it's taken because it's just the, the, the politics in Florida is equally as bananas as Missouri, but Miami is the real, the, front, the real front line in America of the most obvious signs of climate change because people can talk themselves out of believing anything if they want yeah, to. Yeah, sure. They can say like, oh, well, I remember, you know, June's when it was this hot when I was a kid. And it's not, it's not ahistorical. It we, can happen. I mean, there's all it kinds of- We do sitting in my backyard going, calories don't count on the 4th of July, right? Like- <laughs> right, totally. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've done this before. It's been this hot before. You know, as Miami continues to sink, you know, further and further underwater- um, there's not anybody outside of probably the city of Miami proper that that's kind of waving the flag being like, are you guys paying attention to us? And everybody's right. like, no, cause you're Brown people. We don't care. Well, we will see. Uh, I mean, we will see right <laughs> on that one. So unfortunately, well, let's move on here to the, yeah, no, uh, for the, yeah, no, we're coming just, we're going right into Missouri and we're going to stay in Missouri for a while. So if you're not from Missouri, I recommend you strap in because this is this going to be Mr. Toad's wild ride right here. Yeah, no. Yeah. Let me give you just the, the rundown of the week in Missouri. Uh, this is just really just the Missouri Senate race. This isn't even the whole the whole shebang on the Republican side. Most recently, Donald Trump uh, issued a statement on Truth Social where <laughs> where irony is dead. Uh, and his statement was that he is definitely not going to be backing Vicki Hartzler in the Senate race in Missouri. Vicki Hartzler, who was endorsed by none other than our very own George. It's actually George, George Joshua. Holy. George Holy. Uh, uh, stood Joshua. next to her. I can't do it. Can't yeah, do nobody it. can do it. Lindsay's got the best Joshua. Joshua. It's so, so it's, Trump doesn't like Josh Hawley? Well, he doesn't like Vicki well, Hartzler. He doesn't like Vicki. He's decided, like, the statement is like, you can count me out. Now, I, by the way, now in my 
Uh, it's been so long since I've heard Trump live, which is wonderful. Now he just sounds like Reagan when I do him. They both go into the same like racist old man bucket in my voice. But he's like, it's too bad that Vicki Hartzler, that the great state of Missouri, she's not getting my endorsement. Like, it's yeah, just why this- did he say you can forget about Vicki Hartzler? You can forget about Vicki uh, Hartzler. So. Yeah, the radical. Uh, basically, yeah, you know, he's he's pulling the rhino card. He's using language just like Eric Greitens is using. Uh, and so it's certainly a wink and a nod. What, what is the, what, okay. What's the over under on Donald jr. Wrote this for him. Cause it doesn't sound like him. None of this oh, sounds like Donald yeah. Trump. So if you understand betting markets, I would set, I would set Trump being the author of this tweet at plus 300 and Don jr. Being the author at minus minus one fifty. So I would say it's a pretty good bet. I think either way you're getting decent odds on that uh but it's just yeah it's absolutely it's not a tweet it's a true it's a truth i i think it's um oh yeah it's a truth truth. sorry (laughs) it's a truth bomb i think that kimberly guilfoyle she might have read and uh don jr got into don senior's ear and they were like dad that greitens guy you don't like what's he doing what's he which 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 one is that who am i because look we gotta talk to you yeah because uh, Trump senior has to keep track of what 26 states right now. Right. Uh, he's got to keep track of those. Um, so here's so. what I think. So where he says, so I looked at the, I looked at the truth that he posted and yeah. how he starts out. She called me many times asking for my endorsement. That's the lie. That's why he's not right. endorsing her. And that's what he's, that's what is not true. She didn't like, that she didn't call him at all. Right. And that would she be go to the Mar-a-Lago. reason she didn't go kiss yeah. the ring. Yeah. Right. Right. Because we know the other guys oh, all want it so bad. She hasn't said that I, that I know of, or acted like she wanted it. So no, that's she what went I would straight guess. for Georgie. She went straight for the George. The, the and prize. people in the Senate. Yeah, she'll get Mitch's endorsement. Yeah. I'm sure by the time August comes. Yeah, she got lots of Republican endorsements. So, so that happened most recently. Earlier this week, Eric Greitens put out a new ad. Earlier this week before that, Eric Schmidt put out a new ad. Again, for the non-Missouri folks, if, you, if you're not following along at home, Eric Greitens is a basket case of a human being who's, when he ran for governor, he had this ad of him shooting these guns and blowing stuff up. That's right. Before oh, the allegations of physical abuse. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and campaign finance. Yes, campaign issues. finance right. issues, all kinds of stuff. Which is another way of saying he's a fucking disaster. I mean, right. He can't do anything. So that's Greitens. And and Greitens was a pariah, right? He gets run out of town on the rail by none other than Josh Hawley. And he is, is you know, least favorite son. And then he comes back to run for Senate and he cuts another gun ad. This one is very violent. He's like going to hunt down rhinos. And it's like it was widely condemned. And then Eric Schmidt posted an ad of him with a flamethrower. Instead of a just, gun. Let's just stop there for just, can we just can we just stop Blow there torch. for just, can we just yeah. stop yeah. there for just a second? Yeah. Okay, first of all, let's be clear. A flamethrower would have had some pyro that would Backpack. be worthy of something. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be yeah. blowtorch is the, like on my little green army. What he, yeah. what he right. had was something that might fix a fence post if right. you're lucky. I don't think and that in the in the grand hierarchy of shitty Republican ads that I've ever seen. Like, look, I think Greitens is a is a uh, 
a, a nuclear bomb of a human being. Oh, right? Yeah. There's nothing about him that doesn't lead to just toxic, awful. He's fall. really more like, of a he's... melt. I'm like a meltdown. I'm like a nuclear meltdown. Yeah, yeah, he being. is. He's like, yeah, he is. He's like the China <laughs> syndrome and like a human being. He's because it takes you a minute. Because at first you're like, this is an interesting is place. Why serious? is nobody else here? What? Is, What's how come on? I can get yeah. such good good service at the bar? <laughs> and then like 20 yeah, minutes totally. into it, you're just like, man, I feel weird. <laughs> that's right that's right but eric schmidt's uh blowtorch ad is uh, okay we haven't laughed a lot recently about the political scene in the united states because it's none of it's funny um it's all depressing but it's this incredibly is funny. it is really we, funny we His ad's ripped really, really on funny. slack so hard on like Look, I am myself a weak-chinned, jelly-necked woman, all right? That's what I am. I'm a middle-aged person. Uh, time catches up with all of us. And Eric Schmidt is in the same position that I am. He doesn't have, like, the chiseled jawline of no. a whoever. No. He's got the same kind of uh, challenges that I do. He doesn't have a jawline, let alone that he doesn't even yeah, and I don't. And I don't, and I don't either. So He's got I the understand. Carl Rove look going on yeah you know? he does he does yeah. and so the ad is and and greitens is is awful but i don't want to say i never want to say the words to be fair to eric greitens so let me think <laughs> of another way to say that i'm not going to do that no, all things being equal like yeah let's make fun of the ad okay. so the really funny yeah. part that i saw there were two <laughs> so and he uh, called it he, he calls it a flamethrower right he says i'm going to take a flamethrower to biden's socialist agenda this is the schmidt ad which is which is what makes it funny because Sean like, pointing out it's a blowtorch and not a flamethrower is important because it reminds me again back to the Josh Hawley factor. It reminds me of Josh Hawley saying he's going to debate Claire McCaskill on a flatbed, uh, you know, truck or flatbed trailer. I don't remember and which it wasn't one it was. A flatbed, but yeah. it was not. Nah, it was like a pole behind gooseneck, like the one in my backyard that we <laughs> shot fireworks off of. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I would a, like. Can can we just talk about well, the the weird shirt that Schmidt is wearing and the weird dad jeans? I just um nothing. He's wearing ultimately normal clothes. Yeah. The yeah, next clothes nothing... that he wears are the weird clothes. The no... the the windbreaker down at the border. So he says he's like down at the border, and I think it's supposed to be real, but it looks so staged because it is. He staged. says he's going to do something about immigration, and he's got this windbreaker like he's in the FBI or the mm -hmm. ATF or something, and it says Attorney General in gold letters. Because that's the um, thing. They have those. It, when you when you become the Attorney General, Sean, they give you a jacket. They give you a windbreaker. It doesn't specify windbreaker. your state, so you can wear it anywhere. You're... It's my Attorney General <laughs> jacket. There, can, I, then, can I tell you guys really quickly what that reminded me of? Like, really fast? I was yeah. at this very funny, like, a friend of mine was a casting director in LA, and she was like the queen of comedians because she worked, she was the head of casting at a major TV network and she did the comedy side. So I got to tag along with her and see some like really phenomenal com comedians early in their careers. Anyway, there's this one guy who didn't go anywhere, but he's really funny. And he talked about, uh, and I said that all to say that like everybody that I saw when I was with her was really funny. One of them was this guy who made fun of Tom Cruise when he was married to, uh, uh, what's her name? Suri, Suri's mom. No, the one after Katie that. Katie Holmes. There we go. And he was married to Katie and he was like, why does Katie keep letting him wear that jacket? It's like, it's not, his t it's not his Top Gun jacket. He's got another jacket. You guys get this jacket. 
And every time you see him, he's got that jacket on. He's like, why does Tom Cruise have that jacket? Like, why does he turn to Kane? And he's like, honey, I want my jacket. Like, that's exactly what I thought of as Eric Schmidt being like, I want a jacket. I want a jacket. I can definitely and imagine him forgetting it and running back to the room and like grabbing it hurriedly <laughs> off the hook and be like, exactly. forgot my jacket. <laughs> I realize why it's bizarre because there's lots of reasons it's bizarre, of course, which we'll continue to unpack, I hope. Um, but it's like, it cuts to this piece of tape and it's like, you see the back of his jacket. It's like mm-hmm. it's a campaign ad, but he's like walking away from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind that's of what weird. makes it so great is that he's this jelly necked middle aged guy in his like dad shirt and his jeans. Like I'm gonna take a blowtorch. That is kind of what he sounds like. Like honestly, like Greitens, who's disgusting and a vile fuck of a human being. He's like um, I don't know. He's like one of those virile guys who's like his, sounds like, like Ron Popeil in in a good way. I don't know who that is. Set it and forget it. Pocket fisherman, Ron Papier. Okay, all right. Uh, but like, time will catch up with Eric Reitens. Like all of it, it already has once. Like he is, he again, he's like a bomb that will go off at any point. But what he's doing, he's decided it's him because he's so crazy. That what he's doing, I don't want to say it's authentic because it isn't. But it, he thinks it is. So he's delusional enough to think that he's this guy. He, look, he was in the military. He was a Navy SEAL, whatever. He is an Oxford scholar. Like he, he has kind of a thing, which is gross. Eric Schmidt is about as fucking compelling on camera as like a Ritz cracker. Like he's just like, it's just this basic kind of, and he should kind of, I, I've been saying this the whole time. Like he should have just leaned into that. I think, I think like he could be leading everybody in this field right now. If he was like, I think the abortion ban was a little extreme. What do you guys think? Jesus Christ. Like I'm, I'm pro-life, but my God, who are these people? And I mean, I'm Christian, but what the hell's up with this lady? He totally could have done it. It would have been a much harder slog and he would have made raised way less money, but we would have been congratulating him as being this, like adult. Some of Hartzler's lane yeah, a little bit. And, totally. Yeah. And that, and that it, sweet, sweet John Wood voter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get to John Wood in a second. Uh, before we get to, oh, to Sean, John that's Wood, that's why we're friends. That's um, why Sean. That's why Sean Diller and I are friends. Moments like that. So not to not to be forgotten in the Republican side of things. Um, CW, which by the way, if you want some good jokes uh, from the Schmidt and Greitens as Nicholas Linky just does bang up work with the. I gotta say, Nicholas <laughs> the, the Triton. These the are image really of, good. The image of, of 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 Schmidt with the Triton and the and the flooded garage that. It's, that made me i'm so glad that i was not drinking liquid when i glanced upon that this week because it is so funny and i yeah. think greitens with the cheese it the, um, the cheeto yeah or the cheeto excuse me who was it somebody posted on twitter i don't remember who it was it was somebody that we know like it's a twitter account and a follower that we know pretty well posted like this ad is so creepy when you keep the sound off because it just grinds with this big like cheesy just, psycho fucking like grin. He's got a gun in grin. his hand, and he's yeah. and then there are these people who are clearly like members of his campaign staff or something behind him in like ultra camo gear, like Gilly rising seats, yeah. up out of the grass. And you're like, what are you in like a like a, a const- like a field in Fenton? Like where did you right. guys film this? Like it's just so and everyone just looks so fake and it's uh it's. It is batshit. I don't want to make it sound like I'm like, like that his ads are good. That Schmitz are just terrible. They're all equally terrible. It's just that Schmitz are just more obviously laughable. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to make sure that everyone hears me on that. Because they were trying to both with the, with the blowtorch, they were trying both to convey the toughness that the gun conveyed in Greitens problematic door kicking down ad 
while there was somebody in that room being like, yeah, but we have to we have to outdo it. How do we outdo it? Right. 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 Like, and the person and it was probably, who wanted that was probably him, Schmidt, by the way. Yeah, of course it was. Like, it, like <laughs> the more I, the more time I spend with Sean Diller, the more I learned that like there is no great brain in the sky called your campaign people that force campaign messaging upon you. Like the candidate is responsible in large part for the tone, the messaging, the vibe, the everything of the, the urgency, whatever it is of their campaign. So. No one forced Eric Schmidt to do this ad where he's like, I've got a blowtorch and I'm going to take it to It looks like it's Biden his garage. Yeah. It totally think, probably is his garage. And that's what he wanted. No one else was like, no. dude, we got to shoot it in your garage. That was his idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would make so much more sense if he was like, so I know what I do on the weekends. I don't go rhino hunting. I coach my son's little league team. Yeah. That's yeah. what I do. I've got a daughter who's like 15 this common core math. Am I right? Like if he just had done that, if he just been like, I'm just this normal guy and I'm the attorney general. He's got a special needs son that he helped change laws for like this guy's right. story. Yeah. is So much better than the one that he's he telling. He could have just done. He could have just done that, yeah. but he well, could not because, okay, sorry. Go ahead, Sean. No, not at all. I was going to say the net, there's another bizarre piece of footage, like right after, I think the, I don't know if it goes straight from the border ad to the one of the students like throwing their masks in the air as yeah. if they're graduation cap. What kind of yep, pathetic yep, 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 yep. ass shit was that? By the the way? It looks like ad. a piece of stock video. Yeah. There's like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> six people standing against the wall and throwing their masks yeah. up in the air. Like, For obviously, like on that three. He didn't win. He like, didn't win <laughs> any of them. He didn't win. He, I think he won one motion. It's insane. And he acted when he won a right. single motion. He acted like the folks did at uh, at whatchamacallit, um, the the company with the blood, uh, her that chick. When they find like they when they pass like banal FDA tests, they're like oh, we can test yeah. blood for cholesterol, and like everyone lost their minds like it was a big deal. And you're like every blab can do that; it's not a big deal. Um, I want to give a shout out to um, on, from Twitter at Vet Skeptic uh, Robin because. Uh, we we put the picture out from Nicholas of Schmidt with the like the party confetti cannon instead of the the blowtorch, and yeah. uh, and Robin vet, at vet skeptic dropped in the picture of uh, Greitens in the field and just dropped this huge this kitten blown up huge right behind him to tackle him. Catzilla. So batting him down into the so yeah. yeah into the and, tall and grass. That, <laughs> that picture set Nicholas's creative juices just a flowing, and that's where the rest of them came from. So thanks to Robin for that. Thanks, Robin. Um, so the independent candidate. <laughs> just we have quick, to talk about it. Unbelievable. We have to grind the gears right on down to second. Um, Unbelievable. The, <laughs> the independent candidate. Uh, whose name goes by the name. I have to turn my mic back on just to hear how long I'm still laughing at that joke. That was solid. Like, oh, it's so fucking weird. He owns okay, the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Third gear. That's, uh, look, sport. That's pretty fast. Um, we're fine here. Uh, that's my impression of John Wood, independent candidate for Missouri. Uh, he uh, supports Mitch McConnell. He will caucus with the Republicans. He uh, looks is a Republican like 
he was born in a yeah, Republican let's talk, let's, policy let's talk, shop. Let's talk about who he is. So he was pulled in by Liz Cheney. He's an old, he's like, he's my age. He's yeah. in his 50s, early 50s. So he's politely middle-aged. He's a well-educated, and, serious Yeah, and he's person. a lawyer and he was pulled. He's He comes from the kind of the Bush Cheney side of he the- He clerked the, for the, Clarence the Thomas. Yeah, he clerked for, and he was oh, pulled wow. in by Liz Cheney on the to work on the January 6th committee hearings. So this is like a fucking serious, like old school. Yeah, he was DC a U.S. Felt. attorney. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I don't know he's what like his a, job was in the W he's, administration. He's a serious guy. Yeah. He's what so Sean often refers to as a smarty pants. Yeah, he's a, yeah. <laughs> he's a and true so smarty he's, pants. And so he is. This is the official. So can I talk about the trifurcation again? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah so, lay it out. So we've been saying, or we, I've been saying, Very and much. people have been reluctantly agreeing with me that um, the Republican Party. Uh, it wasn't a schism. It was more like this three-way even split, I think, between like, who's who are these rhino people? Who are these MAGA, who are not rhino, excuse me, these mega MAGA people, the post-Trump kind of right. white supremacist, like ultra-religious, like Madison Cawthorn, fucking lunatic people, um, your Marjorie Taylor Greens, whatever. Bobert, right. Yeah, yeah, your Boberts, those drips. Um, and then you've got the 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 Vicky Hartzlers and the Josh Halleys who are just like, I love Jesus and I just do, and that's I don't apologize for it. And right. Mike Pence is my guy, and we got the courts, and they're having their like we are living in their backwater right now, and it sucks, and I hate them all. There's it's them. so funny too because it's like you're right about that, and it's like nobody asked you to apologize for that. I don't know anybody who's asked anybody to apologize for any of that. Yeah, like just be yeah. who you are. But like, you're just yeah. super Jesusy. Congratulations. And then there's what I'm calling, and it's my own made-up thing, the, your norm core Republicans who are like the Roy Blunts, this this character. They're the people yeah. I still will like sit down and have a meal with, and like Bob Corker have a conversation I would, with. I don't them. know if I would have a meal with Bob Corker. Yeah, I, I don't know that I would Bob have. Corker. Why not? I don't know that I don't know that I would have a meal. Not with if John any Wood of... was available. <laughs> <laughs> like, I um, would sit down I mean, and, and talk to Mitch McConnell like right you know what i mean like right i have no need or desire to sit down and talk to donald trump jr right i, have, I would not talk with right lauren bober <laughs> right like i'm not gonna sit down and talk to those people i'm just not going to there's no there's no reason to well i could have i would have sat down and talked to roy blunt at any point if he'd ever sat down with a sing with any of his constituents during the entire time of donald trump these are not good people right i don't want to make excuses for them these are not good people they're vaguely law-abiding that's the difference. They're vaguely law abiding. That's all. That's that's they they they're the ones that don't believe that abortion be that life begins at conception. They just let the voters think they think that because that helps them win elections. Right. So here we are, and it's interesting to see that he came way late in the race. Um, he doesn't have to deal with the GOP primary, um, and I want to believe like there's a part of me that really wants to believe that the reason that um danforth jack danforth and those people probably nudged him into the races because they want to him to this they want wood to be a spoiler for these lunatic pieces of shit that are running on their but i don't think that is i think he really thinks that they're that the democrats are just as looney tunes because he said that he's like there's there they, yeah the people I mean, on the left dad, are just go ahead go ahead no go ahead john I've, no i think i hadn't really thought about go. this critically just on principle, um, because I hate it when independents jump in uh, late in a race, especially when they supposedly like have some kind of name recognition or connections. It's like nobody knows who this guy. You jumped is. in late in the race with how much money, Rachel? Was it ten million? Ten million. I believe it is ten. Yeah. Ten million dollars. Yeah. And, and it is money. true. He just wanted you, know, you folks. He just wanted us. 
Just right. so he's just a guy <laughs> who was concerned and had to keep the constitution in his pocket. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, we do know that like W and Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney specifically, and some other people who are connected to these extremely powerful individuals, um, you know, are putting this money together and working on a, a counter to these Trumpian candidates, especially in the Senate. And I think, you know, Wood jumping in, so like the Missouri uh, primary is on August 2nd. And so as an independent candidate, John Wood is not going to have to, he's not going to be on a primary ballot. He's going right. to move directly into the general election. And so at that point, with something as valuable as a U.S. Senate seat, you know, I remember in, I think, David Pluff's book about the Obama campaign, you know, what former President Obama said was basically, if I get in this year based on the moment and based on who's running, I've got a one in three shot of becoming president, meaning it could be me, it could be Hillary, or it could be John McCain. And, and he hit, you know, and mm -hmm. then we had eight years of him being president. And, um, you know, when I think about how, who's got a shot and what is their shot, one in four, one in three, you know, I think John Wood really honestly puts the race out of reach probably for Trudy if she's the nominee. Mm -hmm. um, and right. yeah, I don't know what else would happen, but, but I think that's one thing that I can really kind of, that jumps out at me because she is virtually unknown. She doesn't intend on running any kind of campaign. Um, you know, she doesn't have any sort of policy priorities. And so, yeah, he's going to gobble up. And neither who, does he. Yeah. Let's be clear. Like he doesn't right. really either. Yeah. His but he has the back position, end of like George W. Bush. And yeah. Like his policy position is like, huh? these guys, what are they? And the they're, voter they're registration like, in Missouri is so bad. You know, it's like him being in the race puts Democrats at like a hard ceiling of like 32% or something. Right. So yeah. that's an interesting point that, yeah. I mean, it, it could totally, totally, totally shift it. Um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that develops. Um, Moving on to the Democrats in Missouri, who, uh, while the Republicans are busy, so this is the this is the part of the show where, uh, for the newer folks, sometimes I get grumpy about the Democrats because they're stupid um, as a party. There's very smart Democrats out there, but there are as a party in general. I find the Democratic Party um, to be dumb. And you uh, mean Missouri? Specifically. In Missouri, yeah, 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 yeah. On on the whole, I think. Well, there's problems there too, but on the whole, uh, it's mostly better than it is in Missouri. In Missouri, it's bad, uh, and so there was this debate that apparently was set up uh, with Cam of ETV and uh, basically a, a media group that owns several stations that are going to air it across Missouri, and it was going to be Lucas Kuntz versus Trudy Bush Valentine, and nobody else got an invitation from the entire field. There's several people running in this field. And the polling that they use to basically say the candidate's viability shows that 63%, 63% of Democratic voters in Missouri are undecided in the race. So it would seem that if you have a crop of candidates, uh, you have uh, Lucas Kuntz, you have Trudy Bush-Valentine, Spencer Toter, uh, Jewel Kelly, Gina Ross, those are five names that most Democrats paying attention in Missouri probably know. And they're out there and they're running campaigns or they're, they're running campaigns. And none of them even, it's not that they didn't get, you know, a mention. They didn't even get an invite. They didn't get a call about it. And so it's kind of wild. Um, I was angry about it. Lots of folks were angry about it. 
And it just doesn't really make any sense. So, you know, in a state where, like Sean just said, this independent gets in and it could drop the ceiling on how many people you can get to vote for you, you exclude people and don't have a live televised event, you know, in the state of Missouri to help expose well, your candidates. Did you talk about the methodology of the polling? No. What was particular? So. Spencer Toder's people um, responded very quickly. I was really and impressed. And this is quick disclosure point. Rachel and I have both personally in- endorsed Spencer Toder. Yeah, we're not trying we to hide have, that. Yeah. So we're not folks... trying to. We've we've not we never hid the fact that we are both. Right. And Sean Toder. has not, by the way. Sean has not put his foot down on this race at all, and won't. I'm sure. No. Right. He won't. Um, <laughs> Only have... because I just yeah. Anyway, you don't, you don't live here. You well, don't Sean have works to. in politics for a living, and we don't. Right. There, don't, there's a yeah. difference there. And you don't have to. You don't have to have a, a, a duck in this race. Yeah, he's not in Libya, yeah. Um, so one of the things that uh, – the so Toter's folks immediately called the TV station and said, okay, look, we typically get, you know, at least 5 to 6% in most of the polls that we run, sometimes upwards of 20 It depends on the poll. It depends on the day. Um, Spencer's done pretty well in some of the polling that we've seen that they've conducted as well as, like, some other independent polls. And he and their team found out that sixty six percent of the people that they polled have landlines. <laughs> they polled them through landlines, which no shade against people that still have landlines. But if those are the only people that you talk to, you're not talking to anybody like under. I don't have a landline, right? Have a landline, like, yeah, right. So you're not talking to people who are under seventy or whatever. It's not even that I canceled my landline. I've never since I got out of a college dorm. Where they gave you one. I've never had a landline. Yeah, I had I had a landline and I, I stopped having a landline in 05. That was the I have one, that was the end of that. And I keep it unplugged because sometimes it rings. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I recently called CenturyLink to say, hey, I really don't need this anymore. I got it when like they were putting in our neighborhood and they were doing all this construction and like we kept losing internet and then everybody in the neighborhood would like go on like 5G and I was like, I have kids, like I need to be able to like you know, call 911 or something. And so anyway, when I called to cancel my landline, they were just like, how about we just lower your bill by the amount you're paying for the landline and just keep the landline. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine, but I'm not okay. happy yeah. It's more expensive just to get rid of it. Well, you should right. plug it in because apparently that's how they do polling still. So of course, in this poll where everybody's geriatric as fuck, people are like, I don't even know who Spencer Toder right. is. They 63% didn't say were polling. like, who now? Yeah. And so I can't believe all these candidates that and they got didn't, like, and, oh my God. And they didn't say how, and they also didn't say how they did the polling. They didn't, they didn't say like what, what kind of poll it was. They didn't like, so um, I, I just feel like it's a personal insult to particularly to, to Jewel Kelly, who, I mean, the, the guy has so much heart and the campaign he's running, he's, he's never message. stopped. Yeah. He has not he's never stopped. stopped. He's out there all the time. He's out yeah. there all the time. He just doesn't have any money. The one of the ways that you get money is by getting on television. And so right. like the, the, I don't think it was nefarious. I don't think they were like trying well, to, I think it was people. lazy. I, yes. It's, it's just, it's just bullshit is really what it's right. just stupid were, bullshit. So, right. so I was, uh, you know, St. Louis Twitter lost its mind. People were saying, I called the news station just to say like, why aren't you going to include, and they hung up on people. Like, I think they weren't expecting anyone to give a shit. Um, because it's been, uh, such a long time since the, like the democratic party is rebuilding itself, right? The democratic right. movement in, in Missouri, the big D democratic movement, in Missouri is rebuilding itself. And we don't have a head right now. We've said this all the time on the podcast that 
there's a lot of states like Missouri where there is no Democratic Party really because it doesn't have a head and it has it because so-and-so retired or so-and-so didn't win re-election or, you know, those those things happen. So it's not like anyone's trying to suck at this. It's just that people want leaders. People want someone that they can follow. People want somebody who's like a person. That's how politics works. It follows personalities. And we don't have one here. What I've discovered, especially in the wake of like 2020 and stuff, is that no one's comfortable with that. I am. I'm like, let's see how it goes. Let's have a big contest. Let's get a lot of people in there. Let's have a lot of voices. Let's like work it out. Let's have a super juicy, sexy, competitive primary. Let's have a democratic process. Yeah. No one else feels that way, however including television networks who just want it to be a binary thing. And there's just two people and it confuses us to try and have to explain this to you. And by the way, we haven't even gotten to this yet. Are you going to announce what happened to the debate? Adam summer? Uh, it got canceled. Why did it get canceled? Adam summer? Because Trudy Bush Valentine never replied ever. Which what? is really funny that they said it got canceled because like you guys whiffed, you never had a debate. Like that's pretty, I mean, it's, it's re- it's so ridiculous. It's ridiculous that there were only two people invited. It's ridiculous that Trudy, you know, didn't go. And it's so ridiculous that yeah. they acted like it was canceled <laughs> because like you guys never well, had did, a debate. They did actually say like, to be fair, it sounded like they were pretty incredulous that she didn't respond to well, that. They can she sound as incredulous sound... as they want. I'm not. It's like everything yeah. she's done since she got in suggested that yeah. there is no fucking way she was going to return that email. Yeah. And I'm sure Claire McCaskill told her that that was fine. Like, you don't have to do that. Don't worry about it. Right. Why would you debate? I mean, anybody if who's Claire, seen the videos. Do you really think that Claire is still saying, is Claire really taking this phone? Do you think Claire McCaskill is actually coaching this woman? I don't no, think I she think, is. Well, I think Claire McCaskill is exercising as much power over the, what happens in the Missouri Democratic Party as she's able to. And I think that most people in responsible positions in the party are acceding to that or, you know, maybe trying to curry favor that's just kind of my sense and why it does seem a little bit leaderless mm-hmm. because like claire lost her last race and doesn't live here anymore right. um that's just my take though the other part of this and this is why i get I, I bring up the party itself because there's nothing there's nothing from the missouri democratic party on this thing they haven't stepped in they nothing, haven't done no anything statement no they haven't nothing said, we're like gonna we put have... a debate together sure... we're gonna have an official event nothing like that and i i'm on their website I'm, i've looked at i've done a, a, a go search. ahead lawyer tell us lawyer so i did a search on their bylaws and a search on their constitution for the word debate it's not in either um it, it's not there so it's not even that they have a rule that says they can't do this right if it's not if it's not excluded then they can do it right it's 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 permissive by nature if it's not well, in there purposely let's, let's also say what they can do. So let's say that they don't want to act like a party. Well, one thing that they could do in this situation would be tell the TV station, go ahead and include more candidates. Yes. Because I, the, exactly. The, all they have to yeah. do is say, these are all the people that have declared their candidacy that are going to be on the ballot on August 2nd. Absolutely. Pick, Absolutely. Three, pick five of them, do two debates, whatever. But, like, it doesn't matter if some of them are terrible. And the, it's and all the coming party. into focus now, actually, you know, yeah. because we talked about how, you know, bad, badly managed the Missouri Democratic Party is. They probably ensured the TV stations, there will be a debate and we will get Trudy having nothing. And then the TV stations, my guess, again, are pissed at the Democratic Party because they got hung out to dry. The, that would be my, t- and, my uh, guess. And, and based on the conversation I had on the podcast with, with the leadership of the party and the fact that there's been no statement on it at all, too. 
Uh, but based on my conversation, you know, they made it pretty clear. Like, when in a primary, we don't, we won't back or single out a candidate. Okay, that's fine. I'm not then asking for a, that. Then put out a I'm statement for saying, inclusion. here are all the people that have been, that have declared. You could have, this is how you could structure them if you wanted to. You they could, could be sponsoring debates. Like debates. Right, absolutely, 100%. Primary debates, also, and that's what happens at the national could, level. They also could be leaning out and pressuring other stakeholders to host debates, whether it's the League of Women Voters or there's other organizations yes. besides TV stations that could host debates. Yeah, they could issue Missouri... a statement that says, as a party, we encourage any candidate running with the name of the Democratic Party to engage in civic debate and always find a favor of that and amongst our party members. Like, they and could totally put out a statement like that. And, like, we expect, so the shit show on the Republican side is that a TV station did the same thing. I don't know if it was the same TV, the same group. Another group of TV stations reached, mm-hmm. was going to have a Republican debate with the top three candidates, so Vicky and the Erics. And both the Erics were like, oh, yeah. fuck no. We're, we're not doing, not that. doing no. that. We're not doing any of those things. If I were in that position right now, I would be like, okay, so here's what I am going to do. I'm going to let the one person who said they would come show up and we'll do a forum with them and we'll let them talk to the voters. Well, like, in don't that case, cancel they it. Didn't like, exclude just exclude anybody who's running. Well, they right. might have excluded C.W. Gardner, but they didn't exclude anybody. <laughs> like they they included everybody. They gave no, everybody they didn't. an invitation. They didn't invite. They didn't invite Billy Long, and they to didn't invite one? Jason. No, they just oh, invited the, previous the one Eric's. They did. Okay, just they just invited the. But Eric's I don't think it was Vicky. a party thing either. No, but like this wasn't a party thing. Like Neither all of it Democrat is so one, stupid. Yeah. I was like, if I were running a TV station, I'd be. I would be like, all right. Well, who said yes? Yeah, fuck it. Let her come on. That's fine. Let she can do it. I mean, we invested the other people. And they didn't want to show up for the voters. Like, do your job, media. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, okay, so fine. So the one person who said yes and the Vicky Trudy, or the Trudy, excuse me, that was Freudian, um, the, the Trudy Kuntz matchup, the person who did say yes was Lucas Kuntz. Yeah. Now, as much as it annoys the holy fuck out of me that they didn't ask anybody else, just have him come on then. Right. If you were going to put him on You're TV anyway, and he said, snoozing, yes, I'll do it. Why, snooze, why, do, I, why snoozeth, do nothing? Snoozeth, loseth. Like, let him come on. He can answer questions from the voters. Like, I'm sorry, girl, I'm sorry you did, you decided this. And if that is an effective uh, platform, we'll know real soon. You know what I mean? Like, unbelievable. I just yeah. can't believe how fantastic. We're all being failed. When people talk about how like we're losing faith in our institutions, I'm like, well, they kind of are failing us like at every yeah. turn. Like they have no imagination, no creativity, no vision, no stamina, no temerity. I don't know. What do you- Sean, I'm done. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's frustrating. The parties don't work for us. They work for incumbents and yeah, they don't do what yeah. we want. <laughs> let's uh let's shift gears here, uh, because we're gonna widen the scope from Missouri, and we're going to take a look at some other Senate races here. Coming to you live from the Heartland Pod Studios is the 2020 midterm state of the race. Decision desk check-in. So good. That's a lot of fun. It's just it fun is, every time. It is fun every time. It is. <laughs> That's ironic, just in case anyone's listening and has questions. That is, that is an ironic guitar yeah. solo. Yeah, if you're new to the show, uh, if you've never looked at our stuff before, we always try to include some funny because some of this stuff sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to balance, you know, you got a little, a little sugar in there every once in a while. Taking a look at the, the Senate primary map, Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin, Ohio, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia. These are outside of Missouri. 
Uh, the final note I'll make on Missouri is only to say that if you look at the Real Clear Politics map, which is uh, Real Clear Politics 538, there's lots of sources like this. Um, I like to so I'm, I'm, I like to gobble up all the information, and then usually you can find kind of a, a path there. Um, so they have to spit out, and it's not that hard to right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Missouri has moved into the leans GOP away from the likely GOP, so it's no longer in the category with Alabama. But that's and only because they think that Greitens might win and that he would be vulnerable. Right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it just shows that the polling has shifted enough. Just and we just keep getting closer. The mm-hmm. date keeps changing. Yeah. Right. So the polling has tightened and it's moved over a little bit. Um, some other states here. So I, I talked about Indiana. That one's in the uh, pretty hardcore GOP column, uh, which is not surprising. I only bring it up just, just to kind of give folks a sense of where we're at. Um, Iowa, similarly, uh, Chuck Oldis Grassley looks to uh, – <laughs> Chuck, how old is Chuck going to be if he wins? 94? God, he's so old. No, I think he's 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's all? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He could be in the Senate until he's 100. I love it when they talk about like the gerontocracy issues and the average age, and they're just like, oh, the the, the, the Democratic Party is so much older than the Republican Party. I'm like, have you guys seen Grassley? He just drags the average way down. (laughs) He's 88, but he turns 89 in September. It's crazy. I'm taking it. He'd be elected at 89 to the Senate. Unbelievable. Uh, Wisconsin, there's a primary still to finish up there, uh, but it looks like Ron Johnson will be uh, running versus Mandela Barnes, the Democratic I candidate. I didn't think this was going to be a race, really. I always thought Johnson was going to be super strong. And yeah, he's kind of crumbling. Pretty tight. Yeah. 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 So Wisconsin's going to be interesting. It's on definitely on the radar. The Real Clear Politics puts it in the toss up category. Which it was not. I mean, I think a couple of months we'd ago. Love to, we'd love to talk to Mandela, too, if anybody out there is listening. Yeah. Welcome on the show. Any, any, any old time. Yeah. And then uh, jumping over to Ohio, uh, this is where we'll kind of start to get in the weeds a little bit. So uh, J.D. Vance is favored over Tim Ryan in some polling. Tim Ryan is favored in more recent polling. Uh, this is one that came out uh, on uh, Center Street Pack. Did a poll of 991 registered voters, uh, and this there's a, an account on Twitter called at political underscore polls uh, that just throws out, it's just a poll tracker, just throws a bunch of stuff out. So this one showed Tim Ryan with a nine-point lead. I've seen one with J.D. Vance with a 10-point lead. So it kind of, you know, there's different, different strokes for different folks depending on how you want to look at the race. Um, if you go over to uh, 538, they – they put it in Vance's column as a leaning Republican state right now. Uh, their polling model is a little more sophisticated, uh, so it puts some of the things in there. So, but what do you guys think about Tim Ryan and JD Vance? Uh, Rachel, why don't you kick us off with Ohio, and then we'll let Sean wrap up Ohio. Well, I haven't looked at the polls in a while. Um, I mean, I feel like JD Vance is always one step away from putting his foot right in his fucking mouth. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ryan's like a real person. You know, he's not like he's Ohio's not Missouri. Ohio's right. got its problems. I, 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 I bleed a lot for Ohio in the way that I bleed for Missouri because the dynamics are quite similar. You can draw a lot of very parallel lines between some of the challenges that progressives face in Ohio as they do in Missouri. However, I'm going to say it again. Ohio has Sherrod Brown right in the Senate. 
And he's not just any guy. He's this completely unapologetic progressive. He's very bold in his, in his, in his beliefs and in his votes and everything else. So, uh, and Tim Ryan um, was a popular member of Congress for quite a long time. So uh, JD Vance has might have to soon. Like, I, I wonder if we're still hot on the, the, the trail of maybe Trump's endorsements and stuff like that. But I want, mm-hmm. I do wonder how much because of the abortion ruling yeah, um, and because JD Vance is such a boob, he's just such a gigantic He's not charismatic. I know he thinks he's Mr. Charm. I know he thinks he is. He's totally wrong about that. Um, he he's about as interesting as like a, uh, a, a, a like a cup of like warm airport tea. Like a big, you know, that you forget big about. Cup of old cold coffee. I I, I want to give cold coffee better than that because at least <laughs> coffee has like actual caffeine in it, so it's worth something. Cold, lukewarm, like you forgot about an airport tea. Yeah. Like not Starbucks tea. I'm talking about like Starbucks is closed and you're like, do you have tea? And they're like, we got lipped and you're like, fuck. All right. It's fine. Just do it. And you forget about it. And then like 20 minutes later, you like drink this brown water and you're like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> that is JD Vance. There's nothing stimulating about him. He's not going to keep you up and he has no flavor. Yeah. And Tim Ryan's like the guy you want to, you know, he'd have him over. You know, what I, mean? I don't know. That's how I feel right now. I feel like Tim Ryan has you over, and he makes a mean paella. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Sean closes out on Ohio. I think it's embarrassing for Tim Ryan to to be showing up so poorly in some of these polls. Um, it's nice to see that he does well in other polls. You know, up by nine in that one poll. So it's we were talking about the party before. You know, Ohio is a story where when Democrats have contested it. They have been successful. Obama won Ohio twice. Mm-hmm. And but right now Republicans control everything. They have a they might have a supermajority in the state legislature, but they definitely have a majority. I think they do. And they have, I think yeah, they, they have, have the too. governor's office and the governor's on the ballot right now. So right. I think the Republican Party is super whipped up to, you know, put JD Vance in the Senate, it seems like. Yeah. Um, which is not what I predicted. You know, I thought he was awful and so yeah i mean if tim ryan he's got, doesn't he's got he's got a little bit more he's got more he's 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 got to run a race still like, right. like he just yeah. won his primary he's there's still a lot of time it's still early i don't know it's like i don't know how you know one thing would be hopefully the democratic the the big organizations in the democratic party can put like hundreds of millions of dollars in ads like attacking jd van i've seen like, tim ryan ads in like missouri so oh we tells okay. you something yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if what Tim Ryan's level of uh, magnetic appeal really is, but like he's got to get something going or, you know, he's just dead in the water, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's shift over to Nevada, which is a different story. So the, the reason we went through some quickly and now we're kind of slowing down is we're getting into the ones that are much tighter races. So Ohio's in kind of in that category. Nevada's squarely in that category. Uh, it is a complete toss-up. Uh, 538 has it as a 50-50 race. Uh, Real Clear Politics shows it as a toss-up race. Uh, the Cook Political Report shows it as a toss-up race. So this one across the board uh, is in that zone. Uh, Cortez, Catherine Cortez Masto is the Democrat. Adam Laxett uh, is the Republican. And I don't, I've never heard of him, but he definitely looks like a guy named Adam Laxett who's running as a Republican for Senate. I'll tell you that much. 
Uh, that that's very clear. Uh, yeah, he had been their attorney general, so he's won statewide before. Okay, okay. So so we've got very high name recognition across the board here for both candidates. Uh, polling is is split. Cortez Masto's got better numbers than Laxit, but he's not like he's showing up. He's won a couple of polls, right? So there there's there's some clear juice there on both sides. Uh, well, let's do the same thing. Rachel, open us up and Sean close us down here on Nevada. Well, I mean, this is Harry Reid's old state, right? Yeah, like yeah. this is this is a comfortably democratic state. I don't know as much about Masto as I would like to. I know, Sean, you're a, you're a pretty big fan, right? Yeah, she's awesome. She's been really strong on abortion rights. I think she was the chair of the DSCC one cycle. I'm a fan. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Nevada has been more and more like uh, Colorado, in mm-hmm. recent elections so in, in a lot of ways like las vegas is sort of like an la suburb like a lot of people that there's there's been a lot of uh, movement from the southern california region to vegas over the past few years because land is obviously a lot cheaper so um it slowly be it slowly went from like this weird libertarian which is why it was so trumpy because like they're they just want to be left alone like they just want to have like everything be legal and now it's kind of got more young people of color and um, it's kind of a more, it's, I think the it's unions have a ton of influence on elections yeah, and they back yeah. Democrats hard in Nevada. Well, a lot yeah. of what's legal in Nevada and Vegas is, are the, are the kind of things that like a progressive population is not really going to step in and try to stop. Right. It's, it's, it's not that type of, of behavior. So there's not really a big conflict there. Well, and you want to talk about a place that knows a little a thing or two about climate change. You can, right. You're not going to get to a hotter place. I mean, the the last time I was not the last time I was in Vegas, but um, the last time I was in Vegas for like any like extended period of time, it was like 2000, I don't know, seven or something. And I was there for a conference and it was 122 degrees outside, <laughs> which like wow. you can't you can't stand in that for more than like maybe two or three. I don't know. I couldn't stand outside for more than five minutes. I just like, I just was like a cave troll. I was like, I'm not going out. So I think speaking of like climate change and those issues, like I think those issues have come to roost there. So I, I still think I give Tim Ryan some time in Ohio and, um, and I think uh, I favor, especially after Roe, I, I think, uh, I think the, the Vadans, are going to be like, wait, who shot? What with the who now? Like, I think they're, I think they're going to awake, uh, awaken the rest of the, uh, the base there. Sean close us out on Nevada. Yeah. I think I'll, uh, if I may, I'll put my chips down with Catherine Cortez. Oh, oh, there we go. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. Was, there, um, there. but yeah, I'd like to right. see her like put a little distance between Laxalt and her and Bring bowling. Push like, all in. closer. I will push yeah. all in. I think it'll happen, but it's like stuff has to happen between now and then first. Yeah. But I think it will. Let's go to uh, a fun toss-up state for so many different reasons, Pennsylvania, uh, where we have John Fetterman locked in a heated battle against Dr. Mehmet Oz, New Jersey uh, resident, Turkish voter, and Pennsylvania Senate candidate, uh, television doctor, wonder himself, Oz. Anti-vaxxer, anti-masker. Sure, on on television. Um, And... uh, So he's running in the Senate. Uh, Oz recently misspelled uh, his home county, uh, the one that he's claiming in Pennsylvania. (laughs) 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 He recently misspelled it. Uh, There was a USA Today poll uh, that showed Fetterman at a plus nine 
538 oh. has it as a toss-up, but leaning, it, it does technically favor Fetterman. All of the polls uh, on that 538 uses in their aggregate show Fetterman winning that race. Um, while I pull up Real Clear Politics here, I saw a picture of, well, I don't know how I just wound up on an ad, um, but uh, I saw a picture of Fetterman today uh, with his uh, his wife, and they're traveling around the state, and uh, he's uh, uh, in front of a sign that's got a picture of himself as lieutenant governor, and he's just like, he looks like a six-year-old kid who's being forced to take a picture, and his wife's grinning, and she, it's like, yeah, she makes me do this at every single rest stop. And they're just at it like a travel rest stop, like nothing, you know. <laughs> That's so great. It's just so great. I'm going to be Sean Diller for a second uh, and remind everybody that when Fetterman won uh, his race to become the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, he won every county. Every county. Every county. Here's what I want Sean to I'm just going to, I'm going to toss this out to you because we, we all think that uh, Fetterman is uh i i, I would great. not want to i wouldn't run i wouldn't run around anybody against him i i don't care i wouldn't run i wouldn't want to primary him i wouldn't want to do anything against that guy he's a badass um he just loves campaigning he does like it's obvious in his blood it's obvious that he really loves doing it how much do you think Mehmet oz hates the campaign right. trail how much john Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that's what I've been thinking about. You know, there was just an article with a bunch of Republican county chairs and uh, voters saying we haven't seen him. You know, we don't have much faith in his campaign. And so, yeah. And it's like, you know, the the basic things that I know about his life, that he's like super rich and has spent a lot of time on television, make me think that he probably does not want to hang out in, you know, Darby Township or Hershey or right. uh Allentown. Yeah. Uh, former coal Lansford. country. Not so yeah. much his thing. You don't think? No, not the miners. Right. Not the steel workers. Yeah. And it's like, as, as it gets closer, Fetterman's just going to get more pumped. He's won a statewide race before, and this is for the fucking U S Senate. Right. And it's like, they're just going to raise more and more money. And that's going to be the campaign that looks like it's just, you know, just a rocket ship yeah. compared to like, that's what Tim Ryan needs to do. Um, and I can't wait to see what Fetterman's campaign looks like in October. Cause Oz is going to get bored with this. Like there'll be a shit ton of money dumped into if it. He's on not his well, he's not poll already. after poll after poll after poll comes in showing Fetterman at plus five, plus eight, plus 12, you know, you're going to see some double digit polls. I bet pretty quick. He's a first time candidate all his donors are going to be like, Hey, what are you going to do? And like, you got to yeah. explain to us why we should keep supporting. He's like, Oh, he's going to have like, a lot of the phone calls that end with, well, you know, I'm going to tell you what, you call me back in a month and like, we'll see where like, things I don't are. Work oh, in come on. Do you, do you really Maine. think, do you really think that he's actually calling anyone and asking for, no, no, they're him. calling him oh, for sure. Okay. At this point. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, well, that, that'll be an interesting one. I think Fetterman's got it in the bag, um, and I think Fetterman could have coattails um, for Ryan specifically, Tim Ryan in Ohio, um, and maybe even in North Carolina. Maybe, like I think, I think Fetterman is gonna, it, it, which is good because it ain't gonna be Joe Biden. Um, so it's got to be somebody, and, and Fetterman certainly. It's always he, weird got, when we got get the shoulders to, for it. This, this, it's always like the <laughs> midterm cycle, the first midterm cycle of a democratic president is always fascinating to me because you know, there haven't been that many in my lifetime, which is so pathetic, right? There's really, there's been three that's awful to say, but there's been three democratic presidents that have had a midterm cycle for the first term ever in my life. And, um, 
I don't really have a, a a very good memory of what Clinton's first midterm cycle was like. It was, it was a bit the of a contract with America. Yeah. Democrats lost Congress after holding it for 40 something years. NAFTA uh-huh. stuff. Well, I'm trying to think of like what his energy was like. Like if he was out there like stumping the trail and doing the thing. The thing that, that was really uh, disheartening about Obama's midterm cycle was he seemed by contrast kind of ready to get out there for people and nobody wanted them near him because they yeah. were like oh how dare you, you did this healthcare thing right and there was this like and like that he couldn't pass like he couldn't pass anything and um and now there's it now's the perfect time for for the guy to go out and nobody it's the same thing where i think actually what would make sense is that you have Biden next to you at a podium and being like, we're going to, we're going to do all the things that we couldn't do the last time because of we, we had too close of a margin in the Senate. We need more bodies in the house. Like we can do this again. Like, please trust us. Like we did whatever we could. And I would right. go Biden down do the like list a little of all five th- minutes. State of the union thing where he's like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I tried. I tried if it was the filibuster, you but you know, fill in the blank of the name here yeah. Yeah. to the we Senate. Just, we can get that done. Yeah, we Boom. can whip these votes. I've got Senator Klobuchar. I've got all these people. But that and ain't like, gonna happen. No one wants him near them because they're all just like no one can look at the tea leaves and go, okay, fuel prices aren't going to be this insanely high by the time the fall rolls around. Like people are so like, so nobody I don't cares. Know. You fill up your car. I don't care what party you're in. Go to the gas pump right now. Put your credit card in. On you let your tank it all the way down to empty, and fill it up and look at the screen and tell me how you feel. Do you feel good? Does it make you feel proud? I bet not. I bet you go $82, like $120. Like it's not fun. It's just, I mean, I want us to not use fossil fuels anymore. So I'm like, we said this might happen someday, but it's not because of scarcity. It's because there's like, like oil cartels in the cut in the world and stuff. But my point being, it would, I think it's always what Republicans would do is they would just be like, double down, right? Double down. Double down, get out there. Double down, go right. out there. Double down, double down. Just and literally, be proud. like yeah. all Biden is ready to double down on is, and the, like I've watched two interviews now, like six weeks apart during this inflation crisis. And uh, their position is like, we're going to respect the independence of the Fed come hell or high water, basically. You know, that's their. That's what they're doubling down on, and right. they don't want to talk about anything else. Like they the want to tell you that it's all because of Putin invading Ukraine, and obviously there's relationships there, but you can't. That's not going to work. Like that's not going to. People aren't going to buy that. Well, you also right. like in order to explain inflation, you have to talk about the whys of it and all right. of these like once in a century things that have kind of like sort of exploded. Yeah at one time to cause all these kind of dynamics that have led to you've got to get into shipping companies hijacking yeah, prices on containers and yeah, like there's all, all kinds, kinds of stuff and people there's want all... action and the administration understands that and they're still saying like what we're doing is respecting the independence of the fed knowing that they plan to continue hiking rates yeah. and it's like it's fucking ridiculous well, also there's also there's not really i mean outside of I don't, the biden administration for example can't get like speaking of like shipping like they they literally don't have much of a bully pole, but they tried that, right? They were like, we want the dock. We want the, 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 the docks to stay open 24 seven and process more cargo. Okay, fine. Like there are also still labor shortages like there, because there's just so many fucking problems. And 
that doesn't make for a good stump speech, right? Right. And I think the sensible thing to do is to be like, look, we've this this company this country has been through um has been tormented um people have been traumatized there's all kinds of i think there's that you you lean into a message of hope to say like as terrible as things feel now remember what they were like when i was elected and we couldn't leave the fucking house like remember how i said i was gonna get the vaccines out and i did like there's all sorts of things that they could say right now if they wanted to um they're trying to figure out if any of it is viable for the reelect because in the end he's not on the ballot um this year right and all of this conversation was about coattails right we were talking about fetterman in pennsylvania right. that he would have the coattails to do that's this correct yeah whereas the president currently does not has none right yeah. and that's and, uh, and here's where and, and here's he didn't where, in 2020 either right correct yeah and this and, is where it's really problematic for the democrats is that when you look at the like the the really promising blue states right um we haven't talked about arizona yet that's where um, we're going right now. Actually. Like, like Kirsten Cinema, if she hadn't just been so like narrow-minded, if she really wanted like the love of the people instead of just like the, the greed of the lobbyists, she could be like a really young, exciting face of the Democratic Party. But she decided she was just going to be like, nah, I'm not going to do that. She's like, I'm going to be the next Mitch McConnell, young yeah. and exciting yeah. face. No, yeah. not that kind of face at all. No, no, <laughs> not watch. at all. And then like you, and then you move Let's... over into. You move over to Arizona and into California, yeah. and like Diane Feinstein's right. not much younger than Chuck Grassley. Right. Like she's not ginning up the base, right? No. Like I, no. I, I don't hate Nancy Pelosi as much as progressives tell me I should. She's not. She's what eighty six or something. How old is she's eighty nine? So she is older than. Chuck oh my Grassley. god, she's she just had a birthday. Yeah. So like you've got yeah. all the people that from the side of the party that should be like like leading the vanguard are my grandmother's age. So right. Well, let's 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 stay in Arizona in the in the southwest there. Um that one is speaking of the 2020 election, right? Mark Kelly special election, the uh, astronaut jet pilot uh gets elected, uh Gabby Gifford's uh husband and uh for, uh, presidential medal of freedom recipient gabby giffords uh, husband and uh he wins pretty handily in 2020 and uh he's back up for election it looks like it's going to be blake masters that wins the republican primary down there uh and in all of the polling kelly is ahead by four or five six points it looks like it's going to be good for him but that would be a really good example of a state where you know he was elected in 2020 so was joe biden he won arizona so shouldn't it stand to reason that Joe Biden could hop Air Force One and make a trip down to Arizona before he stops over in California for I'm, a fundraiser? I'm sure, I'm sure he will. I'm right. sure Joe Biden is going to make pit stops in Arizona. Arizona, that'll Kelly. be one to watch because that would be, to me, that's a really good indicator state of what is Joe Biden's role in the Senate races. If he doesn't go to Arizona, then he's, he is persona he's, non grata. He's, he's going to go to Arizona. He's going to go to Arizona. He does not go to Arizona. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think he's going to go to Arizona and Georgia for sure. Ooh. I think for sure. Some stakes here. He we'll have to figure out what the in stakes. Georgia stakes could be a minute stakes. ago. Yeah. He was in Georgia. I think. Um, he's, I think he's. I think he's going to Arizona. I think he's going to Arizona to stand next to Mark Kelly. Let's hop back to Georgia then, where Joe Biden was for a moment. Uh, we have Raphael Warnock again, 2020, right? Uh, and. This one, we have Herschel Walker, who there was some polling that showed Herschel Walker was leading this race yeah. at one point in time. Yeah, it's listed on 530 as a toss-up. They actually have now. Herschel yeah. Walker 
favored a little bit in this race based on some of that polling. Uh, the most recent poll had Walker up by two. One before that had Warnock up by 10. So there's been a lot of polling, but we haven't seen any polling since all of the news has broken about Herschel Walker lying to his own campaign about his undisclosed children. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, when I think of Herschel Walker, like that's, and I think of those polls, like the only next you know, relevant item is like, what's going to come out about him between now and the election. Right. It's like, it's crazy that it's that close, but it's like Georgia, you know, is a super conservative state, even if they've elected Democrats to the Senate in the last election. Um, barely. Yeah. Right. I mean, they barely did. And that was really because Trump just was telling people not to vote so hard. Right. Yeah. So I don't like what will be, <laughs> right. I still wonder, like, like, this is what I always get back to. Like, so Raphael Warnock, from what I've seen and what little I've read about him, I mean, I haven't read, I've read enough about him. I haven't read, I'm not like his, I've never read a biography or anything, but like, he seems to be a man who, uh, it's who we want whatever. in the Senate, honestly. What's that? Yeah. I think of him as just exactly who we want in the Senate. Yeah. But, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying say. like, he yeah. seems to be somebody who likes to hit the trail. Like who can walk and chew gum at the same time? Who can like, show up in the Senate when he needs to be there, says the right things about abortion, says the right things about guns, says the right thing about the climate. Like he always does all the time, constantly. Right. He never wavers from any of that stuff. Like he completely supported Build Back Better. Um, he hasn't wavered from those things. Like he's, he's been pretty, and I think he likes Georgia. I think he likes to be in the state. I think he likes to get on the bus. I think he likes to do the thing. He like, think he likes to get off the bus and walk up the people and say, look, right. does Walker like to do those things? Is Walker does is he a press the flesh guy? And I don't mean that kind of flesh, Herschel Walker. Maybe you should like Ooh. like stay home a little bit more. Um, but like, is he somebody who's going to want to get off of a campaign bus and walk into a room full of strangers right. and say, What's up? Is he a guy who's gonna want to spend most of his time on the phone being like, Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm just curious if you have a little bit of time to talk about my campaign. That's what you have to do in a state like Georgia now. Right. Like it's real. You can't just have an R next to your name and win an election. You gotta really do the work. And they have a pretty big statewide election coming up. They've got their governors up for election again. They've got yeah. Stacy. They got Queen Stacy out there because she's running for governor again. So I think that like if I were the two of them, I would I would hope their two campaigns are working closely together. Um, I would think they are. Uh, yeah, I don't know because that's that's, that's a that's a compelling reason to show up at a poll, right? If you're a progressive or a Democrat in Georgia. Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock being on the same, not necessarily like kind of, we'll say like they're sort of on the same ticket, right? Like you have to, you yeah, have to take a little bit. Yeah. So that's, that's a pretty interesting, like I would want that top of the ticket in Missouri, right? If I had two people like that in the top of our ticket, I would just be like, sure. Oh, nailed it. We right. did something right for a change, you know, like a, like a Quentin Lucas and, um, yeah 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 crystal quaid uh she would make crystal that quaid. list for me if she doesn't through. run statewide in missouri yeah hopefully we can get some kind of carpetbagger campaign to have her run statewide in a blue state or something anyway yeah <laughs> yeah she needs to run she's very good she's very smart yeah whatever she wants to do but yeah. please yeah yeah um yeah so that's that's kind of georgia in a nutshell so States, the states that we're not getting into and not mentioning, uh, but are kind of local to us, right? Kansas uh, looks pretty hardcore to go to the Republican in that race. Oklahoma, 
Arkansas, Kentucky, uh, you know, this is, this is the time to kind of remember some of these past races that you've given a ton of money to, and then go see where that candidate is, right? These out of state races that seem so appetizing, like, Oh, we could, we can take Kentucky. No, no, not right now. Not right now. The, the money is probably better spent elsewhere. I'll be very honest. Um, and then the, I mentioned the reports of uh, Herschel Walker lying to his campaign staff about his undisclosed children. Um, so very interesting stuff there. But uh, uh, final word on our on our anniversary show here, uh, Rachel. What's your what's your final thought for today? And then we're going to shift it to the last call for folks. My final, I can't. So I haven't been here for the full the full two years. Mm-hmm. It's been more like eighteen months or something. And a lot of it, yeah. Twenty months or whatever. Not the full two years. Um, and what blows me away, I'll, I'll, um, I guess I'll go here. You caught me a little bit off guard. That's okay. Uh, what, what keeps blowing me away is the amount of people that we talk to whenever we get to do in-person events, which has been all of like twice. And, um, whenever we hear from people on, on the socials or whenever we, uh, do interviews with people, um, the, the feedback that we get, uh, is constantly, we've kind of been waiting for someone to have this conversation. We've been waiting for somebody to sort of like stand up and do the work that you guys are doing, uh, to elevate and lift up, um, stakeholders and people who are doing the work that is so hard and so difficult. And also just, um, clarifying the dynamics of red state, blue state politics right now, because there isn't, that still is not really something that people do very often, right? Like it's still not a huge conversation. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to be proven right. I mean, I, I had a feeling that people were going to be like, Oh my God, that's wonderful. Thank you. But I, I wasn't expecting so many people this quickly to yeah. um, jump on our tiny little bandwagon. So yeah. Sean, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to think about that we've done this for two years now. And like, I was looking at our numbers, you know, for so long in the beginning, you know, we wouldn't have 100 downloads in a single week. And now, like we have almost 500 a day, we're about to hit something like 72,000 total downloads. We we have, Um, sweetie, we have more like closer to almost 700 a day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah depending on the day yeah no i mean yeah. we've had some insane growth and like it's just really cool because i've tried to you know i have adhd i don't know people who know me know that but um you know yeah. i wasn't diagnosed until i was 32 years old and uh a lot of things made sense after that a lot of impulsive behavior yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh and a lot of you know just things in my day-to-day life you know getting distracted and things that i became a lot more aware, aware about and so you know since i got back into politics like after trump won i literally quit my job to become a political consultant and start working with candidates i had worked on campaigns before you know i wasn't going to run myself but i had this feeling that you know people were fed up and ready to stand up and uh, outsiders were going to get more involved yeah and i kind of saw my role in that as lifting up the voices of these people who are just really digging in in their communities, whether it's yeah. running or volunteering and just lifting up those voices, finding those voices and lifting them up. And then, you know, it's just been great because I never had to be like, oh shit, our numbers went down. Maybe I need a new core value. It's, the numbers just keep going up. Just so keep going like, up. Yeah. Uh, that's really great. And I love that, 
you know, one last thing, like when I knock on doors for candidates, which I love doing because it's the most effective way to bring someone onto your cause. Um, my favorite feedback that I get is when someone tells me, thank you for what you're doing. And not like, thanks for stopping or thanks for the information, which is also common, but you know, thank you for what you're doing. And people say that to us about this. And yeah, thank so, you for taking the action. Yeah. Yeah. So that, this that, has felt yeah. really, really good. And just want to thank everybody who has like engaged with us and reached out and, uh, and listened. Especially because we need more, we need this, this region really is bereft of, as we were just talking about, um, and I'm not like a fake news media, media lead. That's not what I mean. I mean that the, the Midwest in general needs more just kind of, we need, we need better media tents. The, the, yeah. the local, the local news media in, in most cities in the Midwest is terrible. It's not, I mean, I'm tired of pointing, of, of pointing blame out. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. Right. And so what if in another year, if we decide we're going to have a debate amongst all of the democratic Senate candidates who we invite and they don't have right. to come, whatever, um, it would actually, if we, we do it right now, but it's not really going to, I mean, we would think it was wonderful. Like right. we'd be like, yeah, we're so awesome. But like, you know, yeah, we've offered and move. nobody, yeah, they're yeah, not taking us yeah, because it, so. it's, it's the needle is not going to move that much. We definitely right. were like Lucas Coons and Spencer Trotter should totally come have a have a debate on our um on our on our channel, and um you know not surprisingly Lucas uh, Spencer Trotter was like I think it's a great idea and Lucas Coons blew us off. Shocking, right? Right. But eventually, maybe we can get to the point where they can't because we just too many people listen to us right. <laughs> too many just people so engage with our content our Go power ahead. isn't misrepresented lucas said yes to interviews and came on he was he just, did absolutely he did yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. totally totally absolutely no yeah, but yeah. i'm saying like at this at this stage in the game i understand why he was like no i'm not gonna do it maybe right. he doesn't even know i don't know i don't absolutely. know how much he spends he's time really checking that's his twitter fine. that's what i always say <laughs> yeah it's Is been he? really cool <laughs> no i yeah it, it has you don't want to really do anything cool. that and you're right it does need to keep growing um, and you know, Sean hit the nail on the head about just looking at the numbers, looking at the numbers and we're not huge. We're not, it's not like we're, you know, we're not taking over, you know, crooked media, right? Like that's, that's not what we're looking at here. Um, but we have gotten to a point where the numbers are, are real enough now that it's like, Oh, this is not, you know, my Facebook to- feed. Do you want me to put on my I've been doing media and marketing for a really long time hat for a second and talk about how like this shouldn't happen? Do you want me to do that for just a second? Yeah, just a second. I can't. Okay. And then we'll go into last call. But I'll just say like I've been asked to promote content for a very long time, right? So here's the thing. And how do you do it? And I always go, well, God, it's going to be super expensive. And um, getting people's attention is going to be next to impossible. And you're going to see these peaks and valleys and you're, you're just going to like be disappointed more than you are encouraged. And people aren't going to react in the way that you think they are. And like, we've broken, I'm not saying this to be flattering to myself or even to, to us or our audience or anything. Like, I'm just telling you that like, we've broken all of the expectations that I, as someone who's promoted various types of, um, I'll just say content streams in my life, We've broken all of those natural laws of kind of 
media right. physics. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Like we kind of have because we don't spend any money on promotion. None. Um, everything we do is completely by word of mouth. We do we like we do a pretty good job on Twitter just in in terms of um, um just getting some reach there and stuff. But it's not like we have a huge Twitter audience. No, either. we don't have like a fifty thousand person no, Twitter audience. No. So. Um, we have like almost like a two to one ratio of like listener to, to Twitter follower, which even that is also like, okay, that's not a thing that should happen either. Um, so we keep breaking all of these, like w- uh, everything just keeps kind of defying my expectations so much so that I was like, well, I guess we just have to make more because right. like we, we keep making stuff and everybody just gobbles it up. So I'm like, well, then we got to make more of it and we have to be in people's faces more because not because they're not noticing us, but because they want us to be there. And that that's not something that should normally happen. It just, it, it, that yeah. that's like watching a man fly or something. It just should and, not happen. And it's all because of the folks, you know, we're just making it. We don't have any control over consumption. So that's you guys. That's the listeners who are sharing it and retweeting it and putting it in people's faces for us because we're like, like Rachel said, like, we're not doing that. We're not forcing it down people's throats. It's word of mouth is how this is happening. And so we say thank you to all of you for, you know, we would be doing this anyway. We might just all be doing it toward a wall. And so we get to do it toward each other instead uh, and do this every week. And we have a great time doing it. And, you know, if you're enjoying listening to it, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get over to the last call, which uh, you can get the last call if you're a subscriber on Patreon. Uh, and speaking of Patreon, I mentioned at the very beginning of the show that uh, we're adding something to Patreon in honor of it's a two-year anniversary. So we're adding a $2 uh, patron level. You don't get everything that, go- that the other ones get, so you don't get the last call episodes at 2 bucks. you got to go to the 5 bucks to get the last calls. Uh, but at two bucks, uh, you do get some, some extra stuff. You can see it over at heartlopon.com. Click the Patreon link. And it's just a, it's a way to say that you support what we're doing. You know, uh, we all, we all have jobs. We all work. We do other things than this. And that money helps us put on a live event. It helps us make sure we have equipment to go to an abortion rally and record with the people who are, who are there. And bring those, like Sean said, to raise those voices up. That's after we did that abortion rally, I was thinking about Sean and about him. I think I was telling Rachel this in the car about Sean talking about raising up those voices. And, like, we did that live at a rally. We did exactly what Sean was talking about. And I'm getting emotional talking about it now. But it was really, really cool. And uh, so thank you to both of you and to folks. And uh, stick around because we're going to jump into the last call. Last call. The last call, here we are. Uh, Sean had to boogie, so it is uh, Rachel and I. Uh, Rachel, thanks for hanging out for our last call. Of course. Uh, it's Saturday night. Um, so if you think that you like politics... <laughs> This is where we're at uh, Saturday night, and uh, here we are talking politics. This is how we're spending this time. So sometimes it's Sunday mornings, whenever. Uh, So anyway, uh, we figured at last call kind of a sort of a backdoor, I guess, for the folks who support us, the you folks, the patrons, the last call people. So uh, this is where it's going to cut off. So if you're not a subscriber, 
Uh, that's how you hear the rest of this. So uh, go over there and subscribe, heartlandpod.com, click the Patreon button. Um, so for those of you who are still hearing all of this and with us, thank you very much because you've made things possible that we talked about doing. Uh, you, you've made it so that we can function in a way that is The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. Online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show. <laughs>